0: From the Willamette Valley, in America's Great Pacific Northwest, you are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening, in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That we all share, and that we also need to know... A great deal more about and this is episode number 210 reality lesson the true enemy at the gate of you and your family's life I would like to first of all send a very warm and welcome thank you to all of the listeners that have, um, well, been listening and have supported this show in Frankfurt, Germany. And uh, it's very much appreciated. Again, thank you. Getting right into this. And this is almost a continuation of uh the weekends broadcast to a you know a certain extent they are kind of related that um one thing that has to be confronted is the new reality that we find ourselves living in now i have lived most of my life um In the continental United States and I have lived all over this continent and so met a whole lot of people and um, yeah I pretty much I feel as though after all those years of experience and uh, involvement with the Armed Forces and such that you know I have a I have a pretty good idea of where folks are coming from and what they're wanting and what they're needing and the message that i keep getting repeatedly when i receive the messages and they say "Ernest, why don't you talk why don't you why don't you be more forceful why don't you drive this this is what get to it you know i want to know this can you just get to this point And so I said, as far as this broadcast is concerned, I said, yeah, okay, fine. I'll try to do the best that I can. Now, if I am not direct, there are a whole series of reasons that I can't be. It's not that I don't want to be. It's I can't, especially and particularly if I want to be able to continue broadcasting so I have to almost uh, obliquely describe certain situations and if you want to know things further well then you just gotta contact me and be very specific Um, but I'm doing the best that I can so Bearing that in mind, I'm talking about what is taking place on our, and this is a continuation, like I said, of what's most recently taking place in our southern borders concerning migration in Mexico. Because it's like the proverbial 300 pound gorilla in the fucking room that you can't you just cannot no longer avoid and the media avoids it because they've been avoiding this for 30 fucking years now but you can't and you can't because it comes down to something that many americans and this is what is going on here and i'm being specific to america What's going on here is not a Mexican problem. This is not a Mexican problem. This is a U.S. problem. Because what is going on with Mexico and what the people are doing is utterly and totally predictable. It's not Mexico's problem, it's a U.S. problem. And so, bear in mind, this is not for the thin-skinned or the fate of heart, but if this were not a U.S. problem, it would be dealt with very swiftly and very quickly and efficiently. And what some, I can understandably see this, but I'm saying what some, through the media, as they have been conditioned to believe, would be horrific and brutal and terrible and brutal. But here's the thing. If the situation were instantly taken over, just saying, just picture this, just for the sake of entertainment, just follow me, okay? Let's say the U.S. was occupied, owned, 100%, you know, taken over by China. Okay? If this were... That kind of situation, the situation, quote unquote, with uh, Mexico wouldn't exist because it would not be allowed, because we would not have this entire uh, dance and fiasco going on that's been going on for 30 years. When they set up parameters, borders and whatnot, if you cross them, you're shot you, you do, do you see what I'm saying they would be shot and if necessary shot on mass and in relatively hopefully short order that would end that problem because the general population of Mexico would get the idea hey if I do this shit I'm not gonna wander through the desert and get if I'm lucky if I don't die of thirst i i'll be found and i'll you know be patched up somehow and be given water and trucked back to the border which costs more resources and so i can get released and sometimes uh, even deciding to take a second trek back breaking the same logs again that is a relentless decision of invasion there Uh, motivation to do this and excuses that is beside the point because I'm just saying the Chinese mentality is very straightforward and simple, uncompromising and pretty realistic. I don't give a damn that everything is so horrible in your country that you are deciding to invade our country sorry we didn't make those conditions sorry you do this or maybe not even sorry no sorry cross this line you can get shot now if you let that sink in for a moment if you haven't decided to turn me off as a racist and a bigot, and if you think I'm a bigot, that I have no control over that. You're going to think what you want to think and you're entitled to think what you want to think. See, that is the beauty of this place is that you are entitled to speak freely and think freely in that respect. So you can comment and say whatever you want. And that is I is expected, and I'm letting you know that is what I am getting from people repeatedly, today alone, just one day, to go through these. As far as personal communications, I had 14 emails about this same issue. 14 emails stating more or less the same sentiment and more or less stating, hey uh, Ernest, you're not being heh, you're not being ballsy enough. why don't you really call a spade a spade? I say, okay, all right, fine. If that's what you want, that's what I'll do. So that's what I'm doing because this has a bit of history behind it and so uh, moving right along, I'm going to go to that. So let me just put that on, on the side just for a moment. And I want to diverge. And the point of that is I'm going to tie this in to make another point. And I want to bring this back to World War One, And I say World War One because as far as if you want to call everything pretty mu- i say overall pretty much that really tied in with moving everything i know of course we had what was called the great war but i'm talking about technology and 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 a dramatic increase in population and and all of that it coincides with that era you know around 1914-ish, and the discovery of oil, and the Industrial Revolution, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, if you go, for instance, to YouTube and you watch any documentaries on the First World War, okay, and there's tons of them, you'll find them, okay? And they have the narrows talking about the beginnings of the war and the cost of the war. And then they'll show the trains from um, various countries, the U.S. and whatnot, with, you know, the U.S. had their doughboys. Anyway, but there are literally thousands of marching soldiers, and they have um, people standing on either side waving their little flags But we're talking about, look and those in that archival footage, just look around. Not just the soldiers parading, but look around at all the people. Folks, we're talking about a hell of a lot of humans. A lot. Now, when you bear in mind that all of those soldiers that signed up, regardless if they were French, American, German, what have you, you know, they had to, well, at least they were supposed to have been, and most of them were, but, you know, some of them lied and bullshitted, and they're supposed to be 18, but some were 16, and a lot of them were maybe even 15. That because they just, they could just, it because it was a different time and they, and they that's what they did. But the point is, you had all of these surplus people. And at the beginning of this thing, especially in Germany, you know, it's been stated many, many times that they thought, oh, this thing will be home by Christmas. And it was just all this jubilation. And that was it. Just jubilation and yeah, we're going to, you know, but this was the first, the point is, is that from the first world, this was an entirely different war. This was a mechanized war. This was not wars of wars past. Of course, there were still cavalry, but this was not a um, Neapolitan style war. This was a very, I'm saying relative to the time, this was a very technical A highly technical war with the advent of aircraft used in war. And all the inventions that followed, such as, you know, bomb the bombs and mustard gas, flamethrower technology, all these technologies, all of these things, you know, and these, all of these willing sheep that went off to these wars, again, showing them, though, going off to the wars, and their mothers, their mothers and fathers, sisters, brothers, again, and they're just jubilant, and they're waving their little flags, and the sons and soldiers are in the waving their flags, and just jubilation, and, yeah, we're going to be done by Christmas. It's going to be this nice little compact fucking war, and, Yeah after their asses got there two or three weeks later and being in the trenches in places such as famously in Verdun and whatnot. Yeah, those young men and others, they were just singing an entirely different tune. And all of this and the whole folly of it, because it's also been discussed how many needless deaths there were, was for essentially overall, at the end analysis of it, was essentially for nothing. Essentially. It didn't really, did really accomplish very much of anything except for the carnage and the untold killing and don't even if you don't even count the killing, it was, you know, the 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 maiming, the blinding, uh, um, arms and legs blown off. Um it's it's horrific. Now, those are the ones that may have survived. Now, if we move from that period of, let's say. The First World War, all way to present. Okay, think about all of the deaths associated with this. all of them, not just the soldiers, but of course civilians, because we have a we have some kind of marker. For instance, in World War Two, that uh, you know the the Nazis, Germany, Hitler, kill like six million. Jews or whatnot. But if you look at the number, I'm just, just for the sake of convenience and for many other factors of mechanized warfare, I'm just, I'm just going to start it from World War I alone, all the way to present. If you took all of the people, civilians, soldiers, all of them, all of them, that died as a consequence of the wars. And you have to bear in mind, again, it's not just instantly shooting or bombing or direct killing. I'm talking about all the consequences of that, meaning disease and everything else. If you took, if you took all that, all of it, and if somehow you were able to get an average against that. Now, I have searched, but I have not been able to find this. If you can find this, terrific. Hats off to you. I have not been able to. But here's the thing. If you took all of those people and then to counter that uh, number of dead, if you were adjusting for normal death rates that would be adjusted for people who died by various diseases, old age, um, accidents. If If you calculated, if you took all that into the equation, okay, and then you went forward with that. This is adjusting. What I'm trying to do is we're trying to adjust for death rates caused by all of this death war related killing and then adjust that to what would be non-war like normal death rates as best you can now adjusting for that we include birth rates okay and this may not seem tied in with where i was previously at but please just stick with me okay okay If you adjust for all that, and then you adjust for more people, more humans, birth rates adjusted for all that, and we fast-forward it, and I'm just including, again, I just in this time frame, I just want to go from the First World War to present. If you did all of that, if you did, here's something that may surprise you hopefully we would have one hell of a lot more people to contend with on the planet needing valuable resources than eight billion hello folks i'm sorry for interrupting the broadcast but i do need to give you this brief message and i promise it will be brief As you may know, if you've been listening by now, you know that I don't accept any kind of third-party corporate advertising. No products, no services. My feeling is, is that all of us have to deal with that kind of nonsense day in and day out, and well, that's not something that I want to have to put you through. However, I really do need to keep the lights on. So if you would uh, consider going to my website and perhaps clicking on the tab, which says feed the fridge, or firstly, you can also go to my little merch page, which says "Ernest stuff and uh, consider a, a donation to pick up something. It would be really appreciated and it would still have the same effect. So if you have done so in the past, I sincerely appreciate it and that's basically all I wanted to say, thank you. And roughly, I say roughly, the calculation I came up with was approaching 13 billion. Let that sink in just for a moment, 13 billion. You think things are bad now? What if we, right now, we had 13 billion to feed, house, clothe, water, structure, and everything? Now, I'm by no means condoning war. I'm not trying to say that. My bigger point that I'm trying desperately to put across is that ultimately, when you step aside from culture, religion, race, any of that, any of it, just for the sake of argument, if you just set all that aside, it comes down, existence comes down to resources. And I'm just saying, my God, if you think things are bad now, what if we had, mm, let's say, another $5 billion right now on the planet? Because what I'm trying to say is that like anything else, even our presence has to be managed. And so... Just saying, as an example, all the people from Mexico desperately, and we're talking a hell of a lot of people, I mean, in the hundreds of thousands, okay, in a very short period of time, in, you know, months, I mean, it's it's never ending. So they are, you know, essentially, just to be honest with you, it's like, the quickest, simplest analogy that I could use would be rats you know running for swimming from a sinking ship. and that's it. And so clearly something's not working and one of the things that's not working is a lack of population control. If just saying picture this, go back in time, not terribly far, if Mexico had, only one third the entire country if it had only one third its current population if Mexico City only had even one third of its current population and they managed their resources properly and there wasn't rampant crime associated with all the crazy crazy that comes along with the whole money scheme, you'd have a very different situation as it is right now. It would be utterly reversed in that we wouldn't have to worry about people fleeing from Mexico to the north. It would have been, actually, this would have been quite some time ago, us invading and taking over Mexico from the north because that's what we and that's what not only us in america but the british and the dutch and so many other that's what they do (laughs) that's what that's what they do i mean we i say the proverbial we of the u.s Basically, for the most part, you know, we really didn't make any concerted effort to take over Mexico, because I'm saying, particularly prior to um, the Industrial Revolution, there really isn't, when you look at the topography and so many other factors, we're not interested. That's it. That is basically the truth that's where bas- we weren't interested. <laughs> we only want the good stuff, the easy pickings, the good stuff. And that's not what, you know, Mexico really represented it. So it is, you know, it is, it is what it is, but it is a problem of resources or rather lack thereof. And this is what I've been saying ad nauseum for quite some time. So anything else on the news about this particular, you know, Republicans feel this and Democrats feel that and it's all horseshit. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all a pony show. The truth is, is it comes down to resources. And our resources here are running low. You know, because as far as the stores, our supermarkets nationwide are folding. And they're folding because they're not doing enough business. And they're not doing enough business because, there's, you know, for one thing, the shelves are emptying. And the shelves are emptying. And they're not being replenished. And they're not being refilled because there isn't enough resource. That's what they are not going to do. Tell you. They could they can only surf on the whole COVID thing bullshit line for so long. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That is not, I'm not saying it's not, did not, and at a certain point did not have an effect. It certainly did, yes. But I'm saying. This is not where we are now. Where we are now is in a different place. And we're in a different place of a lack, a general planetary lack of resources. And somebody's going to lose. And that means war. Sorry. It means war. And things are going to get very, very unpleasant expect it because that's what is going to happen so if that is the case if you believe that you know there's any inkling of what I'm saying is true then the natural question comes around is what are you going to do about it you see that's it and the final analysis you could sit there and watch the news and CNN and you can go about your life and your job until that's gone because systemically speaking I'm saying the system that supports you it's shutting down and it's shutting down because of a lack of resources so in other words, you could think of it, um, and this is admittedly a gross oversimplification, perhaps. But it's like being on a you know a sinking ship, and what do you want to do? Do you want to analyze all of the reasons potentially why the ship is sinking, or as it continues to sink? Do you want to start looking and get your ass in a lifeboat to save yourself or to save your family, your friends, or whatever? Because that is what it is rapidly, very rapidly, coming to. And that is, as far as I'm concerned, the important question. That is the bigger question and hopefully the bigger response these elements that are here especially facing the south um i i don't see them as resolvable i don't if anybody out there remembers a movie from you know, I I thought the movie sucked. <laughs> I'm not thinking it's a great movie by any means. I thought it sucked, but it was like World War Z. And but that is what people do. Walking Dead zombies, uh, tens of thousands do not zombies. Of course, of course not. But regardless, I think I would actually, I think I'd rather actually face literal zombies than I would tens of thousands or perhaps hundreds of thousands of desperate, needing people. And when I say desperate, I mean just that. I mean, they will do whatever is necessary to ensure their survival or the survival of their children. And by and large, Americans aren't used to that. They're, they're, they're not. Because they're not in that headspace because this is all new. This is this all of this is. New, And this is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not saying tomorrow is Mad Max, girl, but I'm trying to tell you is that there are ways and means of you getting around this if you want to know. And that is what this basically is about. So, it's um, understanding the true enemy the gate and um, your family's life. It's ultimately what it's really about. So what did you think of this episode? You can go on over to theearnestmanshow.com, find this particular episode number, and leave a comment for me and the rest of the world just below the player in the comments section. And additionally, unlike platforms such as this, I do not treat you or want to treat you as a child. I don't want to tell you what language you can use. I don't want to prescribe what are good words or what are, mm, those are bad words. I want you to have a freedom to express yourself exactly the way you wish. Until next time, this is Ernest Mann reminding you that there are no bad words, only bad actions.